Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another fire episode of Believe in the Houston Texans. I am one part of your show, Ruben Calvillo. I'm joined, as always, by the man himself, Harley Dugan. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Doing great, man. Do- doing great. I-, I just seen the Texans, mm. and, and uh, I, I got to say this real quick. Go I just ahead. seen the Texans. They posted a a very very good debate on their Twitter account. Let me see this. And uh, you know, it's 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 very opinionated. What, what what's your favorite flavor of Gatorade, man? <sighs> now I have a different one for Gatorade, and I have a different one for Pirate. Mm, mm-hmm. With Gatorade, I love the mango flavor. The mango with about 10 ice cubes feels like a bright summer morning. It's so refreshing. Flavor so good. Powerade. This is going to be a hot take. Mm. I love the grape flavor. Take me to Jack in a Box at 3 in the morning. I am going to order a large purple Powerade with light ice. And I, and I am drinking that no problem. Nah, man, nah, nah, nah. Look, look, look. We'll, we'll go with the Gatorade first. I'm and I, I got to roll with CJ on this one. CJ Stroud said it. He's he's the one. He's the face of the franchise mm. for the future for a reason. Go ahead. It's lemon lime. You got to go with the OG, the OG Gatorade flavor, bro. The lemon lime. You got to roll with it, man. Mm. And then my running back goes out with the second most popular flavor for me. It's white cherry. White cherry is tough. Fuck with the white cherry. White cherry is tough, tough. And then if it's Powerade, you know I'm just sticking the blue. That's about it. The red and blue Powerades, I I can say I think are better than the Gatorades. Hot take there. I don't know about the red. The red can be a little candy to me. Okay, I feel that way about the tiny Gatorades because there's mm, a different flavor from the tiny yeah. ones to the big it's weird. ones. Always right? weird. Oh, what are we weird. talking about, dude? <laughs> I don't know. Te- Texans, Texans came out with the debate, man. Look, man, the Texans are doing a great job. And um, over the past couple of weeks, it's been OTAs. And one player that has stood out is obviously our, our franchise rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who hasn't thrown an interception yet, Harley. The first person to throw an interception was our boy Davis Mills. And, hey, we've been hearing some crazy things about Davis Mills himself, that he is putting together a nice couple of practices. Look, we talked about this QB, you know, quote-unquote battle a couple of weeks ago and said, yeah, you know, it doesn't mean nothing. But I kind of like it right now, right? After – Going back and seeing C.J. Stroud's, you know, history and him just, you know, every single opportunity is a battle. Nothing was given to him. I kind of like that here. And, you know, for Davis Mills making him sweat, right? And, you know, it brings out the best out of C.J. Stroud. One, you know, uh, series of plays in particular where they started with an incomplete pass and then he false start. And then we hear that C.J. Stroud goes three straight passes, one of them being a 42-yard catch and run to Amari Rodgers, the other one being a 10-yard touchdown to Alec Backman, right? Going through adversity, a incomplete pass, and then a false start immediately. We've seen that on Sundays from this Houston Texans team, right? Those are drive killers. That puts you at second and 15. But to C.J. Stroud to overcome that, you love what you're hearing from your franchise quarterback, and then you love hearing that Davis Mills, right? Davis Mills might be the only person who believes in himself right now, but you like to hear that he's doing good as well. 
Yeah, there's no problem with that. I know there's a lot of fans that just want to continue to throw this crap at Davis mm-hmm. Mills. And look, uh, I I need him. I need him as my backup quarterback. Like, and and there's no offense to Case Keenum either, mm-hmm. but Davis Mills on a rookie quarterback is considerably cheap, and I think is a really good serviceable backup quarterback for the NFL for many years to come. That's what I think he's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just another Mike Glennon. Nothing wrong with it. No, nope. Mike Glennon got paid some money. <laughs> and hey, to go all for Davis. If Davis Mills gets an opportunity like Mike Glennon to get paid somewhere and be a serviceable backup quarterback like Chase Daniels, hey, Ooh. good for him. Matt Flynn. Appreciate. Yeah, Matt, Matt Flynn, man. After he had that six, dude, I just watched that game a couple of days ago. Goodness gracious. Matt Flynn, that guy got paid to go to the Seahawks and be a starting quarterback, lost the job immediately to Russell Wilson. And you know he was not mad at all. No, he wasn't. He getting paid money. There ain't nothing wrong with it. So that's why I, I, I'm I happy for Davis Mills. I'm glad he's performing good. I'm glad there's a competitiveness to him. I'm glad he, he just didn't flounder. You know, like he just didn't belly flop and that's it. You know, like, no, like he's actually – competing he actually believes in himself as you said maybe the only person that believes in himself obviously we all want cj stroud that just is going to happen around being the number two pick overall and you know the first quarterback since you know with actual some credential Mm -hmm. compared to davis mills um i love what i'm seeing from him Uh, i love what i'm hearing from him Mm -hmm. you know D'Amico ryan's talked about him being on point him having progression levels just being progressed Oh, every single time he's out there, uh, uh, being accurate, you know, talking about commanding the huddle, mm-hmm. talked about the leadership abilities from him that, you know, it was eye opening to him. And these are things you want attached to your franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. a rookie quarterback. These are the, these words that are, you know, used a lot, but this is what you want to hear from your number two overall pick. Like, CJ Stroud's supposed to be, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be hearing this from him. Okay. He's supposed to take this franchise into the next level. That's what you want to hear. These are nothing but good things if you're a Texans fan. Yeah, no, nothing but good things. And another another player that we have been hearing good things about, and we've talked about him before, Nico Collins. It seems mm-hmm. like every open OTA practice to the media, and like once again, Texas are being very stingy on who can see them practice or not. It was Legends Day, you know. It was it felt good seeing the old school Texans players, and apparently, little Kiki was very, you know, very, uh, you know, uh, paying attention into practice. But what I love is um, Nico Collins. We talked about he needs to have a big year three. After seeing him almost every single other OTA practice making a big play, I think he might. Yeah, I'm I'm still believe that Nico Collins can contribute to this team some way somehow. Yes. Like and I know we've been on, you know, some other platforms and there's other people that just don't believe in Nico Collins mm-hmm. as much. They're not as high as on him. I understand it. The frustration is there. What you had to give up to get this guy and the first two years he just hasn't looked very good at all. Of course, you also got to take into account that David Coley and Lovey Smith were the head coach mm. and Davis Mills was his quarterback. All right. And this is a guy that you traded all the way up for in the third round to grab mm-hmm. compared to 
a lot of people want to say, well, DeAndre Hopkins didn't have any good quarterbacks. DeAndre Hopkins was a first-round pick. Yes. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins had attributes to him that were very special in reasons to why he was a first-round mm-hmm. pick. Nico Collins is a third-round pick. This is apples oranges. You can't compare the situations to each other. So we just hope that we continue to see a lot of this progression is what I feel like is being mm-hmm. implied here from Nico Collins. He's a big body guy. He runs like a deer. There's not any receiver on this roster that has the abilities Nico Collins has. Mm. Now it's all about putting it together. Great work ethic. We saw it last year. And working with CJ Stroud, getting comfortable with him. And man, if I could see more of those rainbow passes from CJ Stroud to Nico Collins, 30 plus yards on Jacoby Francis, yeah. Sell me more of that. I'm going to buy every single ounce. And I like that you brought up the 30-yard pass, right? Because we didn't hear this last year from Davis Mills. I went to two uh, training camp practices. I'm not sure about you, Harley. I think you went to one or two also. Just one. And um, they did try to throw the deep ball. They definitely mm-hmm. did. However, was not you know connecting. It was either – Either Davis Mills overshot him or he threw it out of bounds or or it wasn't accurate. They definitely tried, but they couldn't get it done. So far, we have been hearing that C.J. Stroud is pushing the ball down the field, is making plays. Hey, another wide receiver who made a big play deep is hey, six-round pick Xavier Hutchison, who a lot of fans are loving. I think Xavier Hutchison needs to put together a couple more big days. I hope to see him as a number four to five receiver, like I said, six-round pick rookie, but good to hear that he is making plays. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of fans that are high on him, like Mm -hmm. you said. There's a lot of fans that think that he could overtake Nico Collins, and I don't know if I could see it, but I could see why they see that. Mm -hmm. Again, the frustration levels with Nico Collins, Xavier Hutchinson could be a Breath of fresh air for a lot of fans. Uh, another big, solid wide receiver. You got him at a good draft value. Um, what he's done, hey, you saw the little highlight plays that we got from him. Mm-hmm. It gets you excited, yeah. especially for a six-round receiver. Yeah, I'm down for that. I, ultimately, though, I do agree with you. I think he's a, he's a fourth wide receiver, fifth wide receiver. Yeah, someone who I think is going to be huge this year and might be the one or two wide receiver, is I think Tank Dell. Mm. Now, we are hearing nothing but great things about him. Bobby Sloak says he is separating like crazy. Davis Mills said, I haven't seen someone separate like that ever. You were hearing that uh, just yesterday in practice on a 4th and 15, C.J. Stroud finds him over the middle to convert that. That is big-time playmaking. And then you add to the fact that this dude is going to be dominant on special teams. Tank Dell is looking like a potential steal in this draft, right? Third round pick. Like, I don't want to hype him up too much, but Mm. I am getting excited by what I'm hearing. I haven't heard nothing wrong from this, you know, from this rookie class so far. Yeah, I haven't either. Tank Dell, again, I can go on and on and on about him. Just my bias. I've mentioned it many times on this podcast. I mentioned it many times on my YouTube channel. He screams Deshaun Jackson. Mm. That if that doesn't get you excited as a Texans fan, like what Deshaun Jackson did with the Eagles, a lot of people forget. Like, no, Deshaun Jackson was a legitimate threat playmaking wise for the Eagles. We if nobody can forget the Monday night football game, Michael Vick's first 
game. Deep pass, Deshaun Jackson, beautiful. You talk about the Giants game. They shouldn't have punted to him. Mm. They end up doing it anyway. Drops the punt, gets the ball back, and takes it to the house. Game mm. winner. You know, says bye-bye to them. He's done it his whole career. I believe Tank Dell has a lot of similar qualities to Deshaun Jackson, and I would not be upset if he became exactly like him. I love that comp for Tank Dell. Yeah, no, I think Tank Dell is, you know, doing all the things right. You know, some people who haven't been at practice, one of them is Steven Nelson. Mm. Now, some say this is in regards to a, you know, a contract. He wants to be a Houston Texan. He wants to, well, he says he does. You know, I think he does want to get a final payday. But do you put any weight in some uh, into him not being here at OTAs? I could care less. Mm. I, I mean, I'm for real. Uh, because these are still voluntary. Um, if he's still not showing up for mandatory, even then, like, I'm not putting a lot of, oh, man, there goes our secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm not. The secondary, even with Steven Nelson, is weak on the outside corners. You know, like Desmond King has played at an all-pro level in the slot. Mm-hmm. Continue to play him in the slot. Tavier Thomas plays in the slot and should have been I, – I don't know if he was a pro bowler, but he should have been two years ago, I want to yeah. say. Uh, you know, he was playing at a pro bowl level in the slot. Uh, Desmond King had to play outside. That's not exactly what you want Desmond King at, though. We mm-hmm. all know this. We know Desmond King plays better in the slot. He's just – he's mediocre. He's an average outside corner. That's not his strengths. You play guys to their strengths. Uh, and then you got some other corners, you know, maybe the Jacoby Francis, who's getting a lot of first-team reps. Who knows what he ends up being? I don't think he's anything. He's a guy that was cut last year from the mm-hmm. Texans. Uh, could be just another practice squad slash special teams guy at the end of the day. Uh, if Steven Nelson is not going to, you know, if he does skip out on mandatory mini camp and then he you know he's ultimately going to start getting fined sooner or later mm. so that's when he'll come back because he's not making that much money no. um but he wants that payday i understand it i get it for him sure go get your payday i'm always happy for players to get paid you know mm. get your money i'm not here to pocket watch but i am a fan of the texans and when i see you're skipping out i'm like eh, you know honestly is he gonna make or break my secondary no He's 30 years old, I want to say, 30, 29, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I know he's dancing around that age. Um, again, he he isn't like someone I would lock up either just because he's not the future of mm. these cornerbacks. You know, like he, if it's a one-year extension, cool, I have no problem with it. But if he's looking at a three-year deal, which I'm presumingly saying that he might be looking at a three-year deal minimum, I mean, I'm not handing that to him. I'm not handing a cornerback at the age of 30, 31, a three-year deal. That's just not going to happen unless he's pro bowl, all pro corner. He's not. So it is what it is. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I'm not worried about this at all. I think the secondary, like you said, will be uh, elite with or without him. Someone else on the secondary who has been playing good and it's been reported that our QBs are not really throwing his way Number 24, Derek Stingley has been shut down at practice. You love to hear that. And listen, if you are anywhere bright on the Houston Texans, you know Derek Stingley is going to have a fantastic year too. Dare I say even all pro type level. 
oh, yeah, uh, he's going to be a pro bowler. Uh, and he's going to dance around the name all pro. And I'll drop the hot take, damn it. He'll be an all pro corner. Hell yeah. That's that. That's the hot take. He'll be an all pro corner. I think he is just his and he he's gotten bigger. We all seen it. He looks jacked. He's been in the weight room. OK, so we've all seen it as Texans fans. Mm-hmm. We've seen that this guy has definitely been working on his craft this offseason. He's worked to get bigger. He looks better. He looks fluid. He looks the exact same as last year, but bigger. That is what you want to hear. You've heard uh, other guys that have been at camp that have said he is not slower. Mm-hmm. He is just as fast as last year. You know, a lot of times you get a little afraid that guys add weight and they become a little slower, especially at the cornerback level. No. And that just tells you, okay, yeah, Derek Stingley is going to be the real deal. All it is for him is health. Mm. And if he stays healthy, he's going to be a badass cornerback and someone that's going to be really, really good in the NFL. A lot of receivers came out his way crediting him. Uh, hey, this is going to be a great year for Derek Stingley. And I said it. I got a video that I already edited. I'm mm. going to be posting it later. I think he's the MVP of your defense this coming year. Oh, over Will Anderson? Yes. Ooh. Yes. And you can see it, right? Because to me, if I'm Derek Stingley, I have something to prove this year. Mm. Right? The guy drafted behind me was an all-pro, a pro bowler, rookie defensive player of the year. We all know Derek Stingley is the better cornerback than Sauce Garner. I think he himself knows that, and I think he is going to absolutely put on a show. And one of the things I like about, you know, this the secondary, this defense is when I look at who's in charge, when I see D'Amico Ryans jumping up and down, screaming, laughing, you know, laughing out loud, and apparently they're playing NBA young boy. These Houston Texans are different, man. What is going on? I love it. It seems like D'Amico Ryans is involved everywhere. Love to see it. To add on to Derek Stingley, you know, and the reason why we think he's going to be such a good cornerback, mm. last year he was playing one hand behind his back. Yep. Because Lovey Smith had that Jurassic-ass defense mm. where it's a zone scheme, okay? It's a Tampa 2 zone. Derek Stingley does not thrive in zone defense. No. Okay, sure, it, he's going to be good. He's going to be okay because that's just how good he is as a player. Obviously, Sauce Gardner would have fit this team perfectly because of the scheme. But Nick Casario is going, do I want fit or do I am I looking to look at potential and see mm. who do I think is going to be the overall better cornerback? It screamed Derek Stingley. That's why he grabbed Stingley. Now this year, both hands are out. The Miko Ryans is there. We're going to put players in positions to succeed. Mm. Derek Stingley will be playing a lot more man. And you've already said it. They're not throwing his way in for good reason. It's not because of the lack of wide receivers in the position group. It's not because of a rookie quarterback or Davis Mills or Keenum. All of these guys are not throwing his way for a reason. All we're going to see is the results on the field. That's what it's going to matter the most. The results on the field is when it's going to matter. I have no doubt in my mind Stingley is going to be electric this year. No, we are all excited, you know, for year two. We are excited for year two also. 
of Damian Pierce. This dude is absolutely goofy at the podium. I was making fun of Nico Collins' forehead. Look at the forehead on Damian Pierce, man. Absolutely insane. But when you hear him talk, he sounds like a veteran. When they asked him about his expectations, he said more yards, more touchdowns. I am predicting a 1,200-yard, 10-plus touchdown season from Damian Pierce. You said Derek Stingley will be the MVP of the defense. Well, I think for the offense, it is going to be Damian Pierce. And I think, yes, we are kind of forgetting about him because it is C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell. We are excited to see also Dalton Schultz. But let's not forget, behind a bad offensive line, Damian Pierce at one point was the leading candidate for rookie of the year until he got injured. And I think that Damian Pierce is going to absolutely put on the show. Yeah, fully agree with you again. I think Damian Pierce is your offensive MVP this year. I said right around the same range. I said 1,100 rush yards, 12 touchdowns. Mm. Uh, Him and Devin Singletary, I think they are great hand-to-hand combo guys. They're going to work together just fine. DP, he's that big country, strong man. And what I really loved when, you know, you mentioned him at the podium, some of the quotes you were grabbing, the one I liked was he wanted to be more of a leader. Mm. And that, I mean, this was a second-year player. Dalton Schultz is like, man, dude, this guy runs hard. Like, what are you running to? You know, and like he sounded like a veteran, like you said. Damian Pierce is up for a big year, and and to even attribute that more, like, you got to look at this offense. Yes, we're high on C.J. Stroud. We're smoking high on Tank Dell. We're excited to see some, uh, finally, some NFL passing, okay? Mm. We saw XFL passing last year with Pep Hamilton. We're done with that. We're done with that. Flip the page, all right? Two years ago, we saw some crap called Tim Kelly, all right? Burnt toast is what I called him, and he's now there in Tennessee and Nashville, congratulations to that. I I wish him the best. I'll say that. But at the end of the day, the Houston Texans are finally back with an NFL offense. Mm. And what is this going to do? You got a Shanahan Kubiak scheme. What do we know? What do we know about Shanahan Kubiak scheme? They love to run the damn ball. The zone runs, which sets up the what, Harley? Play action pass, the bootlegs. Yes, That's what it's going to set up. CJ Stroud's going to have a field day. And sure, we might not see all of it his rookie year, but we're going to see it years to come, and it's going to get better and better and better. The run game is something a lot of Texans fans have been forgetting, and I understand it. You get wrapped up into everything else that is with this offense, but Bobby Slowick at his core is a Kyle Shanahan guy. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Shanahan loves to pound that ball just like Kubiak did, just like Mike Shanahan did. Run the ball. That's the key to success. It leads up to everything. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned Tennessee earlier. They were in some headlines today. Apparently, the first official visit (laughs) for DeAndre Hopkins. How do you feel about DeAndre going to Tennessee meeting? I really don't hope it is like when Andre went to to the Colts. It's very interesting to see what's going to happen with D-Hop. Yeah, that was a that was a little bit of a shocker to me actually. I didn't mm-hmm. expect that. I didn't expect Tennessee. You know, I'm looking at Tennessee and I'm going, okay, what does DeAndre Hopkins do for that organization? What does he do for Ryan Tannehill? Absolutely nothing. 
What does he do for Derrick Henry? Nothing. The offensive line is not good for Tennessee. That is the ultimate problem. It's not wide receiver. Sure, they don't have – I can't name a wide receiver right now off the top of my head. I can't. Traylon Burks. Oh, yeah, there we go, just because of last year. Other than that, dead sight. I mean, so DeAndre Hopkins, sure, he could help with Traylon Burks. He could help him. He could help that position group. Um, but he doesn't help Ryan Tannehill. Mm. That offensive line is horrible again. And that is the biggest thing with the Tennessee Titans. They have to fix that offensive line. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't change anything. I see them as no threat whatsoever with Hopkins. So I honestly, I wouldn't mind him signing there. It would be a lot better than, you know, if he doesn't come here, obviously, it would be a lot better than seeing the Browns sign up. You know, that, that's one team I don't want them to go to because, you know, we got their pick. Yep. And obviously we're going to be hoping and praying on that downfall, man. I'm going to be there for the funeral. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very interesting because you hear that he wants to go to a competitor. No one expected yeah. the Tennessee Titans to compete. Could this be a ploy to pull money out of other teams? Could this be, a you know, a ploy to pull more money out of the Houston Texans? I wouldn't mind DeAndre Hopkins coming back. I think with him coming back, this is potentially a playoff team. You know, you talked about us finally having an NFL passing attack. Now, imagine the Shanahan offense with the DeAndre Hopkins in it. That would be absolutely deadly. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with D-Hop. What are the chances you think the Houston Texans go out and get him? Because literally four days ago, it looked like it was going to be, hey, he is going to come home, and that was going to be the exclamation point of this offseason. Yeah, you know, you had Ian Rappaport come out and said that the Texans have not had any official mm. visit with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so that kind of de derailed some of my hopes of grabbing him, uh, especially, you know, Rappaport, who seems like a guy that was more in tune knowing the Houston Texans organization uh, and what was going on a little bit better mm. than uh, Adam Schefter and a lot of others. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take Ian Rappaport's word a little bit highly there. And uh, D'Amico saying that he hasn't met with him personally, that didn't mean a lot to me. You know, I was like, okay, that don't mean nothing. He hasn't met with D'Amico personally. Mm. Still means he could have met with the organization. Rappaport dismisses that today. So the percentage of him coming here, mm, I'm looking at less than 20%. Mm. Yeah, no, it the, the hype has died down. But, of course, they could jump right back up if you see him post, you know, the 713, the H, the, you know, the H-Town skyline. It is mm -hmm. interesting to see, you know, what is going to happen because the next thing we have to worry about is mini camp. I think that starts in the next coming days. Then it is training camp. And actually, you know, Harley, we are going to have a preseason game. Another fire episode between us. I think that right now we are just waiting to see it play out, right? I am excited yeah. for these joint practices to start coming out. Um, oh, also the... Uh, the Texans finally have a national televised game, but it's during the preseason against the Miami Dolphins. Hey. Yeah. You got to get it where you get it at, man. Hey, man. You know, we earned these games. So just like D'Amico says, you got to earn them. Yes. And, and we earned it. You know, we, we've, been, we've been working our asses off at OTAs, voluntary OTAs. We earned it. You know, come on, man. Put some respect on it. Absolutely. Holly, before we let you go, where can the fans find you? 
You can always find me at the lead underscore H-O-U on Twitter and on YouTube. Just type it in and the, you, my channel will come up immediately. We're on the road to 2K. We're only yes, about sir. 25 subscribers away now. Mm. So uh, that's exciting. And at 2,000 subscribers, I will be doing a giveaway for the Texans-Colts game. Yes, the Texans-Colts game week, week, two, oh, se- week two. Week two. Season home opener. You will get to see the homecoming of C.J. Stroud. Will Anderson, and the best homecoming of all, our new head coach, the former Texan, Cap himself, D'Amico Ryans. You will get to see it live. Two tickets, one person, one of 2,000. You better just hope and pray that everything works out, but you got to be subscribed to the league. Absolutely, man. And you can find me on YouTube, 713 Houston Sports, on Twitter, 713 HSP. This was another episode of Believe in the Houston Texans. We'll be back the same time next week to let you know what is going on with the H-Town guys. Go Texans. Y'all have a very blessed day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.